Al Good, Surly Talk Sports, back in the mix once again on your Friday with your weekly sporting chat. And shit, there's plenty going on. She's already been a heck of a week, of course, with State of Origin on your Wednesday night. But we'll get into that and plenty more soon. In terms of your weekend chat... Boy, last weekend did she really escalate. Unfortunately, things didn't go the way of the mighty Kodanar semi-final. Went down to a bloody good Takapuna side, it must be fair. And they certainly dominated us on the day. The better team won that outcome. A disappointing way to end the season. But it is what it is. And what that did was kickstart a big couple days on the old Waitakere Dakere. Saturday night into Sunday. Called it late Sunday night after a BYO. Fair to say, feeling a fair bit worse for weather. But a good few days with the lads. Sad to see the season end. But it is what it is. And bring on summer, hopefully, in a couple of months' time. In terms of this weekend, today actually hosting the mighty Northcote Long Lunch, so that should be a doozy of an event. Old Bryn Hall, he's in the mixer as well as Tony Johnston and a couple other coat legends. So that should be a great day, and who doesn't love a long lunch? And then this weekend, probably going to try lay low. Fair to say last weekend definitely took a toll, so a weekend off might do me some good. But in terms of today's episode, as usual, we're going to talk some NRL and, of course, that state of origin game, one for the ages, some international rugby, what a weekend last weekend was and what a weekend this weekend is shaping up to be as well. Four deciders in some big series, so we'll rip into that. Then, of course, a little bit of Wimbledon chat, which wrapped up last weekend, and a bit of chat around the Scottish Open and some golf as well. Then we'll rip into Surly's best bets with the TAB and everyone's favourite, the Q&A. So without further ado, let's kick her off. Ring the bell. NRL Rugby League Gods game round 17 got underway last Thursday night of course touched on it last week but the storm just absolutely outclassed from the boys from Cronulla didn't think it was going to be this scoreline did tip the storm but man absolutely dominated and of course they were missing Kafusi, Grant and Munster so you chuck those three back in the mixer and it should be a completely different game so don't write the storm off yet but but I think this definitely showed that perhaps they're not quite the storm side of old. And for me, they're just in that third ranking at the moment. A couple tiers below Penrith and maybe that next level also down from the Cowboys. So slightly worrying times for the storm, but I expect them to right their wrongs this weekend. Then on your Friday night, we had the Knights. They really did push the bunnies in a pretty entertaining game, it must be said. 28 points to 40. Another strong performance by Latrell. Old Trell Mitt, who was the skipper of this side for the first time as well. But it's fair to say, Cody Walker, he was the star of the show for the bunnies. Hands down, his best performance. They were down 16-6, after 30-odd minutes, and I was starting to get worried for the boys in green and red that they bounced back well 
to get the dub. In the end, she got a bit heated. Old Davy Clemmer, he got marched. Almost a bit of biff there. Latrell certainly wasn't happy, but a pretty good game overall. And some grouse tries scored as well. Also, love seeing it. Cheeky little battler, Richie Kenner. He was a late replacement for Alex Johnston. Came in, scored a hat-trick, and got his first win in an NRL game since round 7, 2018. That's a bloody long time. So shout out to you, Big Richie, and hope you enjoyed your night. Then following that, we had another doozy on set, the almost a boil over. An interesting game to watch. The Eels, they got up over the Tigers 28 points to 20, and they were 12-0 down. The Tigers got the one dog at Whanganui start, and I thought they were going to do it again. Of course, they got one up over the Eels earlier in the season, a massive upset. But three quick tries to the Power Boys right before halftime. That put things back on track, and they held on. For the win in the end. I thought Mitchell Moses, he pulled the strings well for Parramatta. Isaiah Papali'i was again their best forward and arguably the best forward on the field. And I was really impressed as well with young Tigers front row, Fanua Pole. Boy, is he a big body. He's just re-signed for them for a couple years. And he's also, more importantly, just signed onto the Surly Talk Sports fantasy team. So welcome to the team, son. And keep doing what you're doing. Bloody impressive stuff. And in the end, an eight-point win for the Eels. And one they'll be happy to take the two points from. Then the last game of the round, of course, shortened. Because of the state of O, we had the Broncos hosting the Dragons. And it was the boys from Brizzy. That certainly got busy getting the win, 32 points to 18. And despite all their outs, I thought the Broncos still looked bloody strong. And it's all down to that one man, young Adam Reynolds, who's certainly not young. I keep saying young every week when I mention these players who are actually quite aging. Definitely a work on for me. Something to jot down in the notebook. But you get me point. I think seven players out for them. And normally, that would really play a big toll. But with Reynolds at the helm, just guiding them around the park and putting them in the perfect positions, they were still able to come away with the dub. I think the Dragons really missed old Benny Hunt. The end of their sets were extremely ineffective and they just let the Broncos off the hook. They kept turning them away and that loss actually dropped the Dragons out of the top eight too. In come Manly who collected the two from the bye. So interesting to note and a big loss for the old Red V. And then of course, Wednesday night and what an absolute treat of a game this one was. Live from a packed house Suncorp Stadium and I think everyone was licking their lips in anticipation for this game and to say she delivered would be an absolute understatement. One of the best origin games that I can remember for a very long time. Those opening three minutes both teams lost players to concussion, three in total, two from the Maroons, one from the Blues, and shit, for a minute there I was thinking there weren't going to be enough players on the field to finish the game. She was all go, right from the opening whistle, just blokes with no regards for their body, chucking the kitchen sink and more at each other, and to say the Suncorp faithful were loving it, again, another understatement, what an atmosphere that was, and Suncorp Stadium, she's like no other, and I tell you what, being a Blues fan, you would have hated to have been there last night, certainly the minority, and man, do they get out in huge numbers 
to support their side. And it's fair to say the Queensland boys responded first on the scoreboard through old Valentine Holmes. He scored in Game 3 in Origin for the past four years now. So come Game 3 next year, if you don't have him on your anytime try scorers bet, I can't help you. That's for sure. The New South Wales Blues, they bounce back with Jerome Luai. And then a quick try again to Jacob Saifidi, who was on debut for the Blues. And boy, did he have an impact. Wasn't sold on a selection pre-game, to be fair. Man, did he prove me wrong. Came in and just gave everything. A very strong ball runner, a big body. And he was bending the line left, right and centre which you love to see. The Queenslanders, in typical Queensland fashion, they never gave up and scored with a minute to go in the first half. A bit of a dagger try to old Curdie Capewell to make her 10-12 at Oranges, and you could just tell this game was set up for a grandstand finish. And it's fair to say, I don't think many people throughout Australia or New Zealand would have been going to sleep at half-time during this game. Adrenaline levels were high after a heck of a half, and the second half, she certainly didn't disappoint. Unfortunately, on the scoreboard, though, it was all one-way traffic, with the Queenslanders adding 12 points of their own, holding New South Wales to the donut, and in the end, proving too strong and coming away with the win. And it's fair to say the New South Wales lads looked pretty fatigued. They were chucking everything at them, but just kept getting turned away. And Queensland, kicking early on in their sets, a heck of a tactic from them. Daly Cherry Evans executed it to perfection. Second, third tackle, just pinning them back in their own half. Really did tire out the New South Wales forwards, and it meant the lads were having to cover some massive metres to get back and help out James Tedesco, who I must say had an exceptional night yet again, and what a series he had. He gave us all, that is for sure, but as all just wasn't enough. For Queensland, some massive performances. Caelan Ponga, one of the best. He ran for 262 run metres, beat only by Tedesco, 292. So the two fullbacks, they certainly stood up. Ponga with three line breaks and a try as well. Exceptional stuff from KP. I also thought Valentine Holmes, Dan Gagai, Benny Hunt, Cherry Evans, shit. To be fair, most of that Queensland backline pretty exceptional. And then in the forward pack, Paddy Carrigan. He ended up getting player of the series, and that is massive on debut as well. Such a young lad coming back from an ACL reconstruction last season, which is bloody hard to do in itself, and makes this even more exceptional. 47 tackles, 130 run metres, a massive shift in the box and huge from him he certainly did set the platform and then guys like Kirk Capewell Tino Faasul Malawi who had a few grubby moments it must be said but he wasn't backing down to anyone and then also forgot to mention Tommy Dead and the young 19 year old on debut exceptional there was lots of chat throughout the week that he wasn't going to start. They were going to start hunting the halves, move Harry Grant, and Billy Slater said, not on my watch, let's give the young kid a go, and he certainly rewarded Billy with a heck of a shift, and he's going to be a name to watch for many years to come, playing great footy at the Cows, and this just is another sign that he can do it at every level. 
And it was bloody good to see a bit of Biff in the game as well. You always love that. And you see those origin clips of old and you just wonder where moments like that have gone in the game. Dane Gagai, Matty Burden, they squared up, went a bit one for one. Unfortunately, Tino, he came in and ruined it for me. Got old Burden in a headlock, made it a two on one. Tried to take it to the ground for a bit of ground and pound. Interesting tactic. Then, unfortunately, Gagai and co were landing some free shots on there I'm all for the biff but I think you got to let the lads go at it but then also if I think about it maybe old Tino he was doing Burden a bit of a favour fair to say he was getting dusted up and that jaw of his looked to be a bit worse for wear so maybe Big T he thought shit old Matty Burtz he's getting squared up here gotta help him out headlock of doom and ride him to the ground but unfortunately a tough night for myself and fellow Blues fans and it's fair to say the boys they gave it everything but the better team won on the day guys like Jake Travojevic got through 64 minutes of work made 44 tackles for zero misses a vintage shift from JKT but unfortunately there wasn't much going on around him and some key errors at the worst possible times really did cost us guys like Jerome Luai missing a few tackles Stephen Crichton with an offload into his own in goal Junior Polo dropping the ball coming off his own line just crucial little moments where our ex execution really did let us down but fair to say the boys will be back in a big way and I have zero doubt that come next year with Turbo, with Latrell, with Payne Haas back in the mixer, look out Queensland because we're coming for you. So that wraps up State of Origin for 2022, 2-1 to Queensland again unfortunately but credit to them they certainly deserved it on Wednesday night and to all my Queensland fans I take my hat off to you you got the better of us on the day but a big up yours of course and we'll get the chocolates next year you can bet your bottom dollar which leads us through to round 18 of the NRL. She stops for no one and it gets underway tonight. Friday night footy with a huge double header. The two games of the round for me absolutely licking my lips in anticipation for this one. Kicks off. Cowboys Sharks, 8pm, live on Sky Sport 4. And old Tommy Dearden, despite playing the 80 minutes on Wednesday, he's named to back up one of the few that will play. And this should be a heck of a game, 2 versus 4. Cowboys in some great form. Sharks coming off that huge win against Melbourne. The key decider for me for this game, I think, is that the Cowboys, they're at home in Townsville. And while this has the potential to be a heck of an arm wrestle, I think maybe... Maybe that home crowd and that home field advantage could get them home late. I'm pretty tempted to sit on the fence for this one. The Sharkies, Nico Hines, he will make a massive difference. Matty Moylan playing out some outstanding football as well. Some huge matchups all across the park. But if I had to, Cowboys 1-12. to But again, down to the wire. This one has a heck of a game written all over it then that was the entree because up comes the main event eels taking on the warriors live from combank stadium in sydney 9 55 kickoff 
And geez, does this one have upset written all over it. The bookies, they're giving us no chance. Neither are the rugby league experts. But this, ladies and gentlemen, is Parramatta that we are playing. And the thing that gives me the most confidence is the fact that they had a win last weekend. And if you know Parramatta, they struggle to get back-to-back wins. And they love losing to a side that they should beat. Unfortunately, the Warriors were being struck down with a couple virus and COVID cases, particularly in the backs. Dallin Wateni-Zelezniak, he's out with COVID. Volkman has a virus. And then our coach, Stacey Jones, he potentially might not be able to be there as well on game night, although there is hope that he'll be coming right and be well enough to be in the box, the little general. In terms of the changes, as a result, in comes Edward Cossey and he'll join Adam Pompey, which makes me a little nervous, especially on defence. But in saying that, Big Ed, he's been absolutely outstanding for Redcliffe over the past month or so. So hopefully that form carries over into tonight's game. We can see him score a couple meaties. He's certainly got the frame and the potential to do damage at this level. So fingers crossed. That happens. It's bloody good to see Walshy back in as well in the one jersey, and I've no doubt he'll be looking for a big performance after a big couple weeks off the field. No doubt itching to get back out there and just let his footy do the talking. Get some of those Warriors fans back on board, and I think we could be in for an electric night from young Reese Lightning. And then I also don't mind the look of the pack with Tohu at prop. And then you got Aiken playing as a 150th NRL game. Congrats to him. He'll partner up with Joshy Curran in the row. Big Ed in the other prop. And then Jazz Tavanga back in his preferred position of lock. A heck of a Ford pack that'll be in for a big battle. For Parramatta, they're pretty much full strength, although hopefully Junior Paulo, he'll be too sore to back up from origin, you'd think. Some big carries in there, and only two days later, surely he can't be in the mix-up. But if he is, I think we have the cattle to go with them up the guts especially, and it could be out wide where Para look to target us, but again, I think we'll have the answers for them. The main threats for me, Dylan Brown and Mitchell Moses, two absolute gun footballers and when they're on song they can be right up there with the best in the competition also Isaiah Papali'i the ex-warrior he could come back to haunt us and then Marata Niakore of course the warrior for next year excited to see him out there I think Reed Marnie he'll be at his usual dangerous you can always count on him for a solid game but I genuinely do like the boys chances in this game and I really can't see why things are so one-sided at the TAB I see the line it's plus 16 and a half and they don't have us scoring over 12 and a half points total throughout the game so for me they've got this all wrong the boys will be riding that wave of confidence after the Tigers game and it was almost a bummer we had the bye last week but hopefully we can pick up where we left off keep riding that wave with that homecoming feeling still in our stomachs and pull off a huge victory to keep our run at finals footy alive and sit us in good stead heading into Canberra next weekend. So I can't wait for tonight's game. 9.55 kickoff, bums on seat stuff, park up on the couch, couple of tech Dax in hand, few Simon Cannerings and rip in and make some noise for the Warriors boys.
Then following that game, Super Sati and she's back to the usual programming. Triple header, Roosters taking on the Dragons 5pm kickoff. Interesting to see old Matty Lodge named on an extended bench for the Roosters. He could make his debut for them, which will be worth the watch. But for me, I think the Chooks get them in this one. Joey Manu at 6 looks incredibly dangerous. They have all their Origin boys backing up at this stage. Jared Warrior Hargraves and Momorowski. Oh, Momorowski. He's back in the mix as well. So a great team, 1-7. to 17 and I think they should be too strong then following that Seagulls taking on the Knights and this one look the Knights have been pretty impressive the last couple weeks they did go down to the bunnies but they certainly gave it a good nudge and if Ponga, Saifidi and Gagai can carry in that origin form they might be in with a slight chance but I just think Manly, Olakawatu and co should be too good but I'd probably have it in the 1-12 to margin at this stage and keep an eye on things moving late. Then to round her out on your Super Sati, Titans taking on the Broncos, Battle of Brizzy, and normally this is a bit of a grudge match, but I think the Bronx are going to win this one and do so comfortably. I expect it to be a high-scoring game, so probably take the overs, but Adam Reynolds at the helm for the Bronx, so you'd have to back them 13+. plus. Then on your Super Sati to round her out, a triple header, Yet again, West Tigers taking on the Panthers, and to be fair, I don't really mind the Tigers' chances in this one. The Panthers, they've rested all eight Origin lads. I saw Nathan Cleary, he's actually shot off to Bali for the weekend to recharge, so how good's that? Round 18, and you're off to sink some bintangs with the boys. That'll freshen you up. But for the Tigers, good to see Adam Dewey in the halves. He'll partner Luke Brooks. He'll wear the six jersey, Brooksy in the seven, which means Jackson Hastings, he's been shifted to lock. Interested to see how that plays out. And I think this could be their best lineup, having those three all on at the same time. So excited to watch this game. You'd expect the Panthers to still be too strong, but it's one where you look at it on your multi and you're just not quite sure. You never know with West as well. So maybe keep that one up your sleeve. Then following that, Storm taking on the Raiders. And unfortunately for Canberra, I think they're going to feel the full wrath of Craig Bellamy this week. They get back Munster. He's cleared the isolation and time to lace up for the Storm. Pappenhausen's named. Grant's named. Jerome Hughes. They're all there except for the cheese. He got three weeks for his little sledge at the referee. So he's done the crime and he will do the time, but I think Melbourne too good, and regardless of how the Raiders show up, I unfortunately think they're going to cop the L. It's not often you see the Storm take three losses on the trot, and I can't see it being this week, especially with Munster and Hughes back in the mixer. Then your final game, Doggies taking on the Bunnies, and keep in mind, I'm not sure if Maddie Burden will be in for this one. That jaw looked like she could be broken or maybe fractured, but stay tuned to NRL.com, because if he's in the saddle, then it should be a little bit closer, but I'll still be backing the Bunnies. They'll get back Damien Cook. No Cam Murray, of course, concussion, so he'll sit this one out, but then also you get the likes of your Alex Johnstons, then Latrell Mitchell at the back in the one the most important factor you'd have to think bunnies 13 plus but who knows with the dogs
So eight quality games of NRL action back on our screens this weekend. Thank God the old buy round, the origin round, she's done. And it's usual programming from here on out. So for many teams, this is where things really start to kick into gear. And there's quite a few teams in that 8 to 12 spot still in finals contention. So there should be some massive matchups coming up for the weeks to come. And I can't wait to sink my teeth into it. How good's rugby league? How good's the NRL and up the mighty Warriors tonight? Absolutely fizzing. <coughs> On to the 15-man code now. And to say last weekend was a weekend of upsets would be an absolute understatement yet again. The Northern Hemisphere bouncing back from a tough week the week before and doing the impossible, going four from four against their southern counterparts with both Ireland and and Wales picking up their first wins against their opponents on home soil. So massive stuff from them. And there were four doozy games, it must be said. The first one on your Saturday night was, of course, the All Blacks taking on the Irish down there in the Sistema lunchbox. And unfortunately for All Blacks fans, she finished 23 points to 12 in favour of the boys in green. And for me, this game just screamed a Rio week performance from the ABs. Perhaps the young fellas, Geordie Barrett and co, they were a bit distracted about what was going on outside the stadium. The students running amok and maybe they had other things on their mind. But a massive result from the Irish in a game that was well and truly full of drama. Four Sinbins in the first half. Adi Savir not being able to come back on. Johnny Sexton putting on a clinic. This one, it really did have it all. And Ireland came to play, and full credit to them. They certainly deserved the win. Their first in 14 attempts on New Zealand soil, like I mentioned. And to say they've killed off the old All Blacks hoodoo, that's definitely true. They've won four of their last seven games against us, and it really does set the scene for a massive decider come Saturday night. They scored about three minutes in. The one dog at Whanganui start shot out the gates and straight away you thought, shit, this is a different island side that's showing up tonight. Their forward pack, they dominated us. They were physical with ball in hand and at the breakdown. Their line speed on defence was outstanding all game. And for me, it's just a real shame that the main talking points from this game have been around refereeing decisions, the amount of cards, the rules of rugby these days. As I thought Ireland were very good and perhaps they haven't quite got the credit that they deserve for the All Blacks to be fair look for large parts of that game they were down to 13 men so to be 10-7 within touching distance at half time was a massive effort and then in the second half things just got away from them it certainly wasn't their best performance lots of uncharacteristic errors from them and they did get dominated around the park but I just love how dramatic we are as a sporting fan base two weeks ago after Eden Park we were the best side in the world we were going to win the World Cup by a landslide this week we lose she's doom and gloom get rid of Fozzie and the co full clean out, we're going to come last at the World Cup. So to say we love an over-exaggeration, that would be an understatement. And I can't wait to see what the boys have up their sleeve because no doubt about it, they're going to be absolutely firing 
for this weekend. In terms of the cards, shit, they were all pretty interesting in my books. The Leicester Whanganuku one, man, pretty tough. The referee, he mentioned that if Leicester hadn't dropped his arms in the air before he made contact, it wouldn't have been a card. And to that I say, it's bloody hard not to drop your arms. A pretty natural reaction to brace yourself coming down from the air into contact. So a very tough call there. The Angus Tarval one, that was even tougher. For me, there was clearly no intent there and you'd have to think think red cards they need to purely be for acts of foul play grubbiness or a really bad high shot that had some real intent about it and for me those tick none of those boxes clearly some bad technique on Angus's part but pure accident a head clash he came off worse for wear and had to leave the field anyway so to then lump him with a three-week ban is an absolute crock of shit in my opinion, and I noticed they wanted to give him six, he took three for the early guilty plea, and he also got one more knocked off, because he's agreed to do a, a tackling course online, or something like that, which again, is absolute scenes, the fact that an all-black player has to do that, again, carnage. Plenty's been made of the refereeing and it's good to see Wayne Barnes back at the crease this week. I thought he was absolutely outstanding in that first test. The old hoodoo of Barnsley up against the All Blacks, that's certainly been cleared and I think he's the best man to have the whistle at the cake tin on Saturday night, which leads me to believe she's gonna be a heck of a game and the All Blacks have rung a few changes and I'm really excited to see David Harvilli back in the 12 jersey for me he would have been starting there in the first and second test if it wasn't for his COVID I thought Quinn did pretty well especially in the first test not quite the same impact in the second but for me old Davey he's just the full attacking threat Quinn's an incredibly strong ball runner but Harvilli he can ball play he can kick he keeps you guessing and he's got that running game as well plus he's a heck of a leader and well experienced so he'll give Bodie some good comms and support there in the 12 jersey Sammy Whitelock massive he'll be back and he'll bring that physicality back into the pack because boy did we miss it last weekend that means Barrett can shift to the six the combination that works so well in that first test you love to see it. Dane Coles, he'll add some aggression off the bench as well. If there's one guy you want to bring on in the last 30 minutes to bring some niggle and some fizz, it's certainly Colsey. And then in the 23 jersey, exciting stuff to make his all-black debut. One of the Warriors' all-time greats. Roger Tuivasa Snack, old Sheck, the biggest calves in world rugby. He will be in the mixer with that white fern on his left hip for the first time and man I can't wait to see the razzle dazzle that he will bring to this jersey and to be fair I wasn't sure if Fozzie and co were going to use him when we lost that game I thought maybe third test if it was a dead rubber but it just goes to show how much faith they have in him and that they have liked what they've seen from him 
over the past couple of weeks in All Blacks camp. I think he'll come on last 20 or so minutes. He's covering all sorts of positions on the bench. Second five centre wings, fullback you'd have to think. So he could be a bit of a Mr. Fixer, but man, give him ball in hand against some tired Irish defenders. They won't have seen footwork like that before, and he could absolutely slice them open, which is exciting to see. Of course, the other big change, Will Jordan. He comes in on the wing, arguably the best back in Super Rugby. And while it was at fullback, he's still a heck of a winger. We saw his impact late in last week's game as well. And for me, he just puts doubt into that Irish side. You don't want to kick the ball to Will. Perhaps Sexton, maybe that'll slow him down a little, although he's a heck of a footballer. But if you give Jordan time and space with ball in hand, he'll make you pay. So hopefully the Irish will be a bit more hesitant to plug it down his corner. For the guys in green, you'd have to think those main key guys are going to be crucial for them again. Old Jamison Gibson-Park, he gave some lightning seed on the weekend, really got them on the front foot. Their loose forward trio, physical, dynamic, robust, strong on both attack and D, and if they have a game like last weekend, then they will be right in the hunt. And then, of course, the conductor, the man pulling the strings, the 37-year-old, the skipper, Johnny Sexton, he really is crucial to this outfit and if he can have another game like he did last Saturday night, then she'll go right down to the wire and the Irish are more than well in with a sniff. But for me, I think the All Blacks are just going to squeeze at home in a tough and physical encounter in the Caketon. I think she could go right down to the wire. Definitely 1-12, to 12, more that 1-7 to seven range. And again, very surprised to see the confidence from the bookies in the All Blacks. I think the line is plus 12.5, so the All Blacks fans still think the All Blacks will get it done comfortably. I do think it's going to be a huge performance from Adi Savia. You saw how gutted he was to leave that game early last week, and I don't think sitting on the bench would have sat well for him. So I'm expecting an even more titanic performance from him than usual. Physical with ball in hand, crunching blokes on D, and even a couple meaties. I think he could do it all, and he'd be my early tip for man of the match. So if you like that market, get in amongst it, have him in for an any time, and the All Blacks 1-12. to But I can't wait for this game. It's the most excited I've been for a test match, probably since that Lions series. Could have huge ramifications for us heading into the World Cup next year, and I'd love to see us get the job done. Reset the haters, show them that we're still a bloody good football side. Hopefully move us up from fourth in the old world rankings, although to be fair, I think that's probably pretty accurate at the moment. Maybe third, more fair, ahead of South Africa, I think. But a heck of a game on the way. Bring on Saturday night and up the mighty ABs. Let's get the job done, boys. Then, of course, there were some other interesting games that took place, as mentioned. The English, they got up over the Wallabies with a strong performance from Owen Farrell. 25-17, to 17, she finished up. The Red Roses, they only scored the one try, and it came in the first five minutes. 
Not often you see that happening from a team that actually won the game. Owen Farrell, he scored 20 points off the boot. So it just goes to show sometimes taking the three is the best option. The Aussies, they rolled the dice a bit more, tried to go up in fives and sevens and paid the price in the end. But a heck of a game and another hissing decider at the SCG post the All Blacks game on Saturday night. Then on your Sunday, we had Wales beating South Africa 13-12 in a last-minute thriller. Gareth Anscombe, the ex-Rosmany lad, stood up, calm as ever, slotted it from the sideline straight over the black dot and kicked himself into Welsh rugby history, which you love to see. And again, another decider for them this weekend. I do note, though, the box, they made 14 changes for last weekend's game. So I think they'll roll out their best side again and maybe they'll be too strong. Although a confident Welsh side, fresh off making history, should be a heck of a game. Then your final international game for those big four with Scotland pulling off the upset against Argentina over there, 29 points to six, riding the wrongs from the week before where they were well and truly second best. So that also sets up a big game three and what a weekend of international rugby. You've also got Fiji taking on Samoa and Australia A taking on Tonga. So what an absolute treat. And if you're a fan of the 15-man game, strap in and enjoy the weekend because I think they're all going to be doozies. They could all go down to the wire and it should make for a bloody good watch. How good's Rugby Union, the game they play in heaven. Quick little Wimbledon wrap-up now. I like to call her the old Wimbledon in two minutes. I'll keep her short and sharp, but unfortunately it was Novak Djokovic again winning another title and taking him to second all-time just behind Nadal, but that gap, he closes it up once more. And you can't question the bloke's talent. He's a heck of a tennis player. And man, Wally is a polarizing character. And this was a battle of two polarizing characters, to be fair. He certainly did deserve the Wimbledon crown. Old Nick Kyrgios, he played a heck of a game, I thought. And this match was actually a lot closer than the scoreline suggested. He took it to four sets, could have been five, was playing some great tennis, but Novak just that quality above. And typical Kyrgios, he couldn't go down without a swing, both at the crowd and in the game. He called some lady out who was chirping him, said she'd had about 700 drinks and was absolutely steamed and needed to be removed. And he's never short of entertainment, old Nick. He was spraying his coaching box as well because they weren't responding well during the game. He wasn't fizz with their body language, wanted to see more energy from them, and I rate that from him. You know, he's just trying to play some exciting razzle-dazzle tennis, and if he's not getting the feedback he wants... He'll let you know about it. So a heck of a tournament overall for young Aussie Nick. And hopefully this is the start of a guy who will finally reach his potential. I used to despise him, to be fair. Wasn't keen on it. But I do think he's matured just a little over the last couple year or so. And hopefully now he can really kick on. He's had a bit of a taste for success. So fingers crossed that ignites him and wills him on to use that talent that everyone knows he's had and put in some some big performances. So on to the US Open they go, where of course Novak, he won't be able to play. He's unvaccinated and the US still require that to compete. So maybe that's the chance for Kyrgios to get his first one. Who knows what bloke will show up. 
Maybe it's Nadal and he can extend that lead again, which would be big fizz. But overall, a heck of a Wimbledon. You love to see it. A deserved winner in the end in Djokovic, unfortunately. But shout-outs to Aussie Nick. And again, hopefully, this was the tournament that sees him on his way. Right, time for Surly's Best Bets now, brought to you, of course, by the legends at the TAB, the only place to bet on sport and racing in New Zealand. And remember, if you're going to have a punt over the weekend, please always gamble responsibly and always bet within your means. And make sure you're having fun, because that's why we do it. Nothing better than having a little flutter on some live sport. And when you get that win... Boy, does it feel good. And speaking of wins, actually tipped a couple last weekend in the Rugby League. Had a four-try scorer multi that came through. Massive fizz. One leg was actually short because of Corey Oates, so they scratched that one off, but she still paid handsome. And then also did a four-game pick the line, which came in as well. So she was a grouse weekend on the punt for me. Hopefully a few of you got on, and hopefully I can back that up again this weekend for you so I'm going to stick to that method let's see how we go in terms of the lines first one I like of course is that Parramatta Eels versus Warriors line tonight she's up to 17 and a half I think that's way too big so I'll be chucking that in there Warriors plus 17 then the other line that I like, I really do think the Roosters are going to be too strong for St. George. St. George are by no means a walkover, but I just think this Roosters side, 1-17, to 17, if they show up as named, they should be too good. The line's 8.5, which does make me a little nervous, and you can tease that down, which is probably what I'm going to do. In fact, that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to tease it down to 5.5 at $1.60 so that we get it in that one converted try range that's where I preferred to go but if you want the full dollar 98 and a half I still think that they should pull that off then the other game I like Broncos taking on the Titans the Broncos plenty of injuries of course unfortunately Cobbenco he also went down in origin with a head knock he won't be in the mixer but I just think the Titans, they're pretty woeful, and I expect the Bronx to be too good. The line there is minus seven and a half. Have no hesitation to jump on that one, and I think it should be a good day for the boys from Brisbane. Then there's two more games that I like the look of. Of course, the Melbourne Storm touched on it. Think they'll be too strong for the Raiders and expecting a real bounce-back performance now that Cammy Munster's back in the mixer. At the moment, she sits at 11 and a half, so right on that 12 plus range of course I am confident that they'll do that you want to tease it down to that five and a half you'll get a dollar 42 but I'm going to back them in to go big Bellamy should have them firing and I'll take the 11.5 on offer then your final one Bulldogs bunnies as mentioned bunnies firing at the moment that right edge of theirs absolutely lethal with old trowel Cody Walker AJ they love a meat pie so eight and a half is the line here I'm gonna jump on that one as well and that should all pay handsome five legs for you there and if you want to get rid of one make her a four she should still pay well and remember if she goes one leg short under the old oval ball multi you'll get your money back in bonus bets as well up to 50 bucks so she's a free swing happy days $20.85 that's paying that's overs for me get amongst that one and fingers crossed 
we can ride it home. In terms of your try scorer multis, feeling confident after last week, I've upped her to a five-legger yet again. For your game tonight, Cowboys Cronulla had to stick true to Sione Katoa, who of course dotted over last weekend. He's one of the best finishers in the game. He's paying $2 as well. And while I expect this game to be really tight, I do think there could be some points that are scored. So in goes Sione at two bucks. Happy days. Then, for your Manly Seagulls game, I went with Big Hamole Olakuatu paying $2.50. Up against the Knights, Big Shmole loves a meaty. He's strong, he's got unreal feet, and they love playing through him as well on attack, the old Manly Gulls. So I expect him to dot down, and $2.50 is always great money. For the Roosters Dragons, had to go with James Tedesco. He's named to back up playing unreal footy at the moment. I think he's probably the best player throughout State of Origin, even in a losing side. Ran for almost 300 metres. Every time he touched the ball, he's just an absolute handful. So I'll be backing him in here. $1.91, big fizz. Then for the Tigers-Panthers, of course, mentioned this could be a lot closer than a lot of people expect. And with that, David Nofaluma paying $2.37. This man is a noted try scorer. He knows his way to the white line, and that is massive overs in my books. A great odds booster as well for someone that should dot down, so chuck him in. And then the final leg, old Trelmit, Latrell Mitchell, taking on the doggies, paying 2 bucks. I just think he's so big, strong, and powerful. He loves giving the old try assist but hopefully this week he can cross the chalk himself that's paying $45.26 and again if it falls a leg short you'll get your money back in bonuses so a free swing and if you were someone in there you weren't quite sure about you wanted to cancel them out she'll still be paying over 20 bucks so some decent odds there. Then, of course, in your main game, the old Parramatta Seals taking on our team, the Waz. As usual, got the Silly Talk Sports power plays in the mix. Something for you to have a dabble on at some good odds there. Got seven of the best for you, so let's run through those quickly and I can explain myself with a bit of the logic behind them. The first one, paying only $2.50, is the Parramatta Magic Multi. Parramatta to win minus 17 and a half, Mike Acevo to score any time, and Parramatta to score 30 plus, paying $2.50. That for me is crazy that it's only that amount. It just shows how much confidence the bookies have in Parramatta at the moment. If you are a Para fan, if you bleed blue and gold, and I know there's a few of you out there, then perhaps that's something you'd like to jump on. For me, I'm going to skip that one because, of course, it has Parramatta doing a number on the boys, which doesn't fire me up. Your next option is we're back in our skipper, Tohu Harris, 30-plus tackles and 150-pass running metres, paying $3. And I think this is more than possible. Of course, he's back in the middle, lining up at props. So he's going to get through a mountain of work, trucking nut all day, and chopping blokes around the ribs as well. So hopefully he can rack up 30 and 150, $3. Not bad money there. Then we go to the ex-warrior, turned almost best forward in the game at the moment, Isaiah Papali'i. Got him to score 
any time. And Parramatta to win 13 plus. Another one for the Blue and Gold Army, and that's paying $3.50. Again, hope it doesn't happen, but if you're that way inclined, you could win some coin. Then on to the Warriors Magic Multi, the opposite to the Parramatta one before. We've got a plus 17.5 point start. Marcelo Montoya, anytime try scorer, and the Warriors to score more than 13 points total in the game. That's paying $5, and I like how Mars is on that left edge today outside Jesse Arthurs. I think Jesse will bring out the best in him. Hopefully a cheeky little assist, and Marcelo can score. He's playing some great footy at the moment, zero handbrakes, and probably due a needy, so hopefully that one gets up. The next one, and this is probably the pick of the bunch for me, of course, Reese Walsh back in the mixer post-COVID and a big couple weeks off-field. He's going to be out to prove a point and I've got him here for one plus try and 150 plus running meters paying seven dollars for me Reese's really found that flair prior to picking up the illness he was back in the mix lots of touches on attack playing out the back looking dangerous and 150 run meters that's below his average as well seven dollars there some real value and I'll be getting on that one you can bet your bottom dollar the next one up Joshy Curran and this is off the back of that article that broke out that the bloke had left his car in the Mount Smart car park since 2020 she was growing mold still had his tv and some of his possessions in here from before they moved over to australia he thought it was only going to be in the car park for about two weeks turns out it was two years so i took that as an omen that josh is going to cross the line tonight so i have him for first second third or fourth try scorer in the game. So you got four cracks at this one. He is playing in the second row, so that increases his chances. And he's paying $10 as well, which I think is extremely generous. And then your seventh and final option, and I've gone back to what I know best, and that's Jesse Arthur's anytime and Warriors to win. 1 to 12. I just love going on Jesse. He always finds a way to score, of course. Scored in the homecoming game. Tried to hit a gritty as well, but the boys were too fizzed and took him out. She's tried July, so I have no doubt if he crosses over tonight, he'll have another celebration up his sleeve. The old Coromandel kid. Then went with Warriors 1 to 12, because I think that's the margin that we're going to do it in. So two realistic legs there for me, and it's come back at $17, which again I think is massive overs call me biased but I think there's some great value there so seven of the best for tonight's big game hopefully there's something there that tickles your fancy of course I'll be giving away two bonus bets on the Surly Talk Sports Instagram page later this afternoon prior to kickoff so get in the mixer comment your option that you like the best out of those and you could be taking home a $50 bonus bet courtesy of our mates at the TAB. And on to international footy now, and if you got on the underdogs last weekend from the Northern Hemisphere, you would have absolutely cleaned up, and no doubt you've had the week off work. Got sent through a couple bet slips, few blokes that had 20 on it, all the upsets, and they managed to pull home a couple grand, which you love to see. In terms of the games for tomorrow, All Blacks heading into this Irish game despite the loss, clear favourites, $1.27, Ireland playing three seventy. And when I looked earlier in the week, I think they were closer to the five. So a bit of late money 
coming through from the boys in green. In terms of your line, your point star, still some confidence there. New Zealand nine and a half. Again, that's come in late. So definitely someone's been loading up. In terms of options that I like for this game, I really do think it's going to be close. So New Zealand one to 12 is the first one that jumps off the page. It's paying $2.80, so nothing to scoff at there. Also, some power plays that I like the look of. Adi Savia, anytime try scorer in New Zealand to win by 1 to 12. That's paying $7. And mentioned earlier, he's going to be fired up. He didn't want to be sitting on the bench last week. So expecting a vintage performance from Big ASAV. If you're an Irish fan and you think they're going to pull it off, there's some real money here for you as well. In the option for Ireland to lead at half time by 1 to 5 and finish the game winning by 6 to 10. That's paying $18. And that's certainly realistic. And definitely, I think a few people from the north would be jumping in on that one. If you wanted to play it safer, Ireland to win both individual halves, $8. That's big overs for me. But I'll be well and truly getting on New Zealand 1-12 to 12 and that Adi Savia option. Those are the pick of the bunch from me. In terms of other anytime try scorers, will the thrill Jordan at $1.70? He's almost guaranteed you can tick that one off now, you'd like to think. So get that in the mixer. Adi paying threes is always a good shout. And I definitely think one of the Barrett brothers is going to cross the line. Geordie 225, Bodie 250, and then Big Scotty. He's at the $5 range. So if you're in love with the Barretts, then they could definitely be worth chucking in the mixer. Should be a heck of a game. Could go either way. And no doubt, maybe even that Irish odds will come in slightly more. So if you like them now, get in fast. Then your next game, Australia taking on England. Aussie, again, favourites. It's that home ground advantage. $1.67, England. Paying $2.30. The points start though, she's tight. Two and a half and everyone is expecting this one to go down to the wire. So whatever way inclined you are, go the 1 to 12 option. Australia $2.50, England $3.10. I think there's not going to be a lot in it. That's for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a late lead change around the 75th minute. Hopefully Australia, they take the three a little bit more during this game because I really do think it could come down to a last minute nudge. South Africa versus Wales, of course, that takes place Sunday morning, 3.05 a.m. Won't be watching that one live, but definitely will tune into the replay. And again, home side, big favourites, $1.20, Wales paying $4.60. And I think, as mentioned, South Africa, they really rolled the subs for that second game. So there's confidence that once they start their best team, they will be back to their winning ways. South Africa, 1-12, 3-2. The 13 plus, the more popular option at $1.77. Wales 1 to 12, 6 bucks, and Wales 13 plus paying $13. For me, the South Africa 1 to 12 at $3.10 is the option to go. And remember, if you place a pre match winning team and margin bet on the game, the team wins, but you get the margin wrong, they'll refund your bet up to $50 as a bonus bet. So for me, 1 to 12, take a swing at the bigger odds, and if South Africa do get the win 13 plus, you'll get your money back. Happy days. The final international game to look at, Argentina taking on Scotland. Argy's $1.77, Scotland 
$2.10. And for me, the money here, she's in the 1 to 12 market, the line, a measly 1.5 points. So another nail biter predicted Argentina 1 to 12, 280, 13 plus 4 bucks. And Scotland 1 to 12, 310. 13 plus 525. Mention, I think Argentina will be too good at home. Expect them to bounce back after a disappointing effort last week. But if you do like Scotland, again, $3.10 worth a crack. And if you multi those Northern Hemisphere sides up again, should certainly be paying handsome. But in terms of my picks, I'd be going New Zealand 1 to 12 or that arty power play. I really do like it. Then I'll go Australia. 1 to 12, South Africa, 1 to 12, and Argentina, 1 to 12. So expecting four tight tussles, fingers crossed that comes in, hopefully a bit of money to be had there. Then as we look over to the golf, the old Scottish Open, and of course, she got underway this morning, so you might be a little bit late to get on the best odds available, but you still can live bet for what you think is going to happen in terms of of your outright winner. In pre-tournament, I was lucky enough to get on old Cam Smith, the Aussie mulleted man, and Xander, who's been in great form heading into this tournament. And if you place a pre-tournament outright winner bet on the Open Championship and it doesn't win, you'll get your money back in bonus bets. And casting my eye over the leaderboard as it currently stands, there's some great money to still be had here. So it's certainly not too late. And two of my picks, they're looking good. Early doors, Cammy Smith having a heck of a round, as is Xander, both playing well as well. Rory McIlroy, he's currently the favourite at $4.50. Cam at $8.50. Xander at 13s. Scotty Scheffler, $8.50. He's been popular as well. At this stage, I'll be chucking the money on Rory, Cam, and Xander all paying handsome and that's the best thing about golf is that anything can happen and all it takes is one bad round to derail things so often the odds are very juicy and if you pick it right you can have yourself a heck of a win so those are the three that I'd be getting on unfortunately it doesn't look like Tiger will be in the mixer and neither will the Kiwi hope Ryan Fox he's going all right and there was plenty of hype heading into him pre-tournament chucked him in a top 20 option but he's currently paying 101s to win the event so if you believe in grandson then shit she could be happy days but at this stage focus on those big three hopefully one can come in preferably you can Smith at 8.50. A win for the Aussies is a win for us. He's got a Kiwi caddy, so we'll absolutely claim it. In terms of your magic multi for this weekend, I've gone big with a three-legger, because why not? Looking to knock it out the park. Of course, mention those earlier multis where you play it a bit safer. This is the one where you swing for the back fence, big bunty style, and try pull off a heck of a dub. So Tigers Panthers gone with Nofaluma to score anytime at $2.37. Then I've gone Adi Savia anytime in the All Blacks game. New Zealand win 1 to 12, paying sevens. And Reese Walsh to score a try and over 150 running meters paying $7 and of course that game gets underway tonight so she could be all over 
early doors, but fingers crossed, while she can get us off with a hiss and a roar, that multi is paying $116.13. Chuck a tenner on it, you'll get over a thousand bucks back, and you can thank me later if that one comes in well and truly your shout at the bar. So that was Surly's Best Bets for this week. Remember, gamble responsibly, always bet within your means, and always bet with the legends at the TAB, the only place to bet on your sporting action in New Zealand. Get amongst, have some fun, have some banter with your mates, and fingers crossed you pull off a few winners because there truly is nothing better to wrap up your sporting weekend. Right, that's all I have time for today. Of course, as mentioned, off to MC the old Mighty Coat Long Lunch. And a special shout-out as well. Almost didn't mention it to the North Coat Rizzies. Playing in the final tomorrow at QBE Stadium, taking on North Shore, who of course are in both finals, Rizzies and Prem. So well done to them. Hurts to say it, but a heck of a season from that club. And they'll be taking on Takapuna in the Premier Final. Not sure who I want to win that one. Maybe I'll go with Shaw, but hopefully the Coat Rezies get up so we can have a bit of some celebrations at Harvey Wright. So go well, Foley and the boys, and I'll well and truly be there backing you in. But that's me for another week. Up the mighty Waz, up the mighty All Blacks, and up the Magic Multi. And I'll see you here, same time, same place, next week for some more Grouse Sporting Chat. How good is Surly Talk Sports?